0: This is the Untitled Film Project podcast, and today we're talking about Gran Turismo, the movie. Sure, it was a video game that uh, kind of transformed, uh, you know, some of these simulation games. In the early 2000s, it now finds itself a movie based on a real story. The 10 of you are the best Gran Turismo players in the world. Now is your chance to race real cars. (laughs) This is insane. Big challenge, making a movie about a video game. And let's get our initial takes on what you thought about Gran Turismo with Justin Bradford. Kick us off. He is the racing fan of of
1: the
2: group. I'm a racing fan. Granted, I don't know as much about Jan Martinborough's story, but I was very intrigued when I first saw the, the, the trailer for this. It's like, oh. Well, this is pretty cool. And because I'm typically following more NASCAR, IndyCar, more than anything else as well. Because with racing, there are some deep, deep levels of yes. racing throughout the world that yes, is very difficult sure. to keep up with everything, right? But it's very curious uh, about this film going in. And overall, I did enjoy it. There are some problems with the film when it comes to the timeline for dramatic purposes that, especially, can probably upset some folks when it comes to how sony changed the story of Jan Martinborough's journey for the sake of telling the hero's journey that we'll get into a little bit more as we we're discussing the film but overall as a racing film as a film of a hero's journey i did enjoy it i felt like i only saw it in the regular theater but i would have really enjoyed this mm. in an imax or dolby just for the sound quality yes in the racing moments because i love that rumble yeah, when they're racing uh, I thought the overall that the stunts were great and Jan Marlborough actually played a stunt driver in the film, they made sure you that you know that in the <laughs> previews and, and the promotions for this um, I felt like it was a pretty strong movie uh, there were things that, this is based on a true story of course, but a lot of things are not true when you get these because then it would be a documentary uh, so for dramatic Effect, Jack Salter made up there's a lot of made up things with david harbour's character throughout the film as well too yeah. and the relationship with with jan martinborough in, in the film but overall i enjoyed it i enjoyed the portrayal um i enjoyed that the dramatic aspect of sport throughout this as well too because there's only so often we get decent sports movies that make you feel anything I I felt something with it and plus I enjoy racing so I enjoyed that part of the film as well too of the overcoming so many things and against odds and overall did like the overlay with PlayStation I did enjoy that I know some people didn't but I liked bringing it back to what the origination of this was which is he is a sim racer and he's always liking it back to what it was like driving those simulations not a game it's a simulation
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay jeremy gover initial impression of gran turismo i have never played gran turismo on any platform
2: well, ever forza. have you played forza no daytona but
1: no but i've seen i'm not a racing guy but i've seen the game of course like others yes. play it or whatever you know or it's a gran turismo it's not exactly a you know a deep cut like it's a you know, one of the greatest games it's of a all legend. time <laughs> so i was familiar with it is what i'm getting at okay and yeah. i loved the overlay I love the fact that it would pause for two seconds or whatever it was and give you in the Gran Turismo font and the graphics and it was a third place or whatever, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, it was so awesome. It was a great way to incorporate the game without having to know the game, right? Like if you don't know that that's, if you just gets an artistic choice by the director and and there's no connection to the game itself. You don't care. That's it. Works just, just fine. helps It helps you. That's right. Yeah. But for those who do know, it's the best kind of Easter egg. Right. Best who don't know. Mm-hmm. If you know, you know. Great. So, thought that was awesome. I thought the acting was tremendous. I totally believe that Orlando Bloom was Danny Moore. Danny Moore. I totally believe that David Harbour, or I'm sure I'm gonna on this episode call him a Hopper. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe he was Jack Slater, and I totally believed that Archie Medique was the guy who found his way onto a real racetrack from a video game i thought it was just i was very impressed i didn't come in with any expectations other than the fact that oh my son wants to see this movie it's about a video game cool like that was it there was no like it's gonna be good it's gonna be crap it's gonna be mid no i came in as blind as i possibly could other than the trailer and i left being like holy crap that was great
0: I, uh, you know, had a introduction to Gran Turismo was kind of a like, like kind of one of those peak moments in my video game life, which isn't huge, uh, <laughs> but uh, I won a contest, and the grand prize was a PlayStation Two, mm. with the Gran Turismo bundled with it. Okay, so for a while, that I had that system, and that was the only game I had but it was amazing. And I know it's not a game, it's simulators, (laughs) (laughs) but it was incredible. Uh, And so, I mean, like, I thought uh, like that was one of those jaw dropping next generation of video, you know, console moments and like, okay, that was, you know, 20 some years ago. Uh, And then when I heard about Gran Turismo, I'm like, okay, I don't know. They're making a movie about a game and, you know, then I heard just before, you know, I went to go see it, oh, it's based on a true story and I'm like, okay, well, it's based what? And then I was so pleasantly surprised. At the way the integration of, they weren't just like borrowing a name of Gran Turismo that has such recognition and just trying to make a movie with it. I didn't know the real story behind it. And I'm like, yeah, this is a story worth telling because I never heard it. That a kid who was really great at playing the game had an opportunity to drive the actual vehicles he was driving in his bedroom, uh, and become a racer. And I thought, wow, this is really interesting. This happened. Wow. That's cool. And, uh, the acting, I think of the people that, uh, you know, played this story out, uh, especially David Harbor, I was really impressed with it. Uh, it gave me, uh, it had heart. I, I was emotionally invested in this movie, and I had the thrills of racing uh, that I don't usually get from a lot of movies. And uh, I, I was really surprised at how much I liked this movie. Okay, let's go a little deeper into Gran Turismo the movie. Uh, what uh, about this movie stood out to you as one of its highlights, Justin Bradford.
2: I thought the racing action. Like that, to me, when I'm looking for for movies about sports, I want things to seem realistic on the screen. So I'll go way back to Miracle. Movie about the nineteen eighty Miracle on Ice moment, where the United States beat the Soviet Union in the Olympics, and then they went on to win gold. But what I liked about that movie is they took people that could skate and hockey players yeah. and turn them into actors. Yes, yes. Instead of the reverse where you're going to have to do weird shots where you have the actors skating, quote-unquote, and then you replace that it with stunt actors or stunt skaters doing it. No, they had guys that could skate already and could play hockey be those people. So I'm wanting real action to where it's not always cutting away and just having voiceovers and things like that. I want real action. Close-ups of just legs. Yeah, close-ups of just legs and skating.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah.
2: Right. Here you could tell the way they had so many just – hookups onto cars it was you had real racing action and with the way they meshed it with cgi it was pretty fluid like yes. there were moments where you could tell okay this is definitely an animated type of sequence throughout the film but overall it meshed well because i could understand why they had to do this because you can't always recreate a crash in intensely the way exactly the way it happened it's difficult to do that because all the physics have to be the same everything's be the same right but the racing action in this was heart pounding yeah, and sure that's was. what I liked. I liked so much about the action sequences in this that you felt like you were in the race car, you felt like you're watching the race, it didn't feel like you're watching a video game simulation uh, by any means like that but I felt like we were at Le Mans. I, I, I felt that as well. So I liked those those crowd interactions. I liked the feel, the sound editing. Honestly, I thought it was very, very good because yeah. it felt like you were just entrenched within the movie, within the racing action.
0: I also, uh, I thought it was pretty cool the way uh, director Neil Blomkamp, who, Like is known for movies like District Nine and Uh, (laughs) Chappie, you know those. uh, This was a big departure for him. This was like him going into you know uh, you know the regular studio kind of uh, making of a film, but the way he was able to combine the excitement of what was going on for a person who's like not deep into racing like me, like and it might have been just that eighth of a second when you see. You know, a character punch the accelerator and you see a piston firing and just almost subliminally, it goes by so fast, but like boom, 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 all those little things of all, okay, it's not just somebody putting their foot on the gas. You're seeing like, okay, okay, this machine is coming alive and then you're cutting quickly to what the result of that small action inside the car did for this race. Like I like, okay, you've, you're helping me understand it at every single moment. So I really enjoyed like how they made the racing realistic to me. Who's somebody who doesn't really know much. I, yeah.
1: I mean, you, you put it perfectly. I was going to say that, but you put it way more eloquently than I could uh, <laughs> a casual racing fan at best. Just watched the Music City Grand Prix from my house just to see how my, my wonderful home city of Nashville represented, and I thought it was tremendous. There was a lot of drama at the end. I thought, oh, this is really, yeah. really cool. The nuances of the sport are presented in this movie to a casual sports fan, and I appreciate the sport even more because yeah. of it, and I think that's a big triumph.
0: Yeah. One of the things uh, that I really thought was going to be a detraction for Gran Turismo is uh, from somebody who really loved the game, I haven't played in a long time. I, you know, I'm, i the last one I played was maybe Gran Turismo two. Right. So it's been a long time. 20 years. Yeah. Uh, but he, you know, th- that this movie obviously was rooted in the video game at the beginning. Okay. And I I thought they did some, some great visual effects uh, early on where uh, he's playing the game and Yana's all of a sudden he's slowly surrounded with CGI with what looks like a real race car. Yes. Right. I really enjoyed the amount of CGI that they used because at first I thought it was going to be too much. Then they backed off and then they brought it in at just the right spots. It told its own story. Yeah. Because it helps move the story along,
1: like you said, remembering that he was a gamer. Yep. And so then now he's in a real race car. So first it was the dream of being in a real race car. That was how the effects, the car assembles around him. Right, to, because he's in his own fantasy world. He's in the zone. He's the like, world melts I'm, away. I'm right. I'm playing a game, but this is what I feel like. I'm dreaming that I'm in a real race car, and then later on, it's he's in a real race car, and it dis, and it it dissembles. Right to where he's got to remember where he came from. It's just as simple as playing a game, man. Just it's do not it. Really, of you're course, but that's the you're mental. You're in your element. You're here. Yeah, you're in this. This is you're just doing this. Right, and then the car comes back. Right. It was so cool. Not only did they they did it well too. It wasn't shoddy CGI. There was never a point where I was like, it's really good. Where I was like, oh, that's kind of fuzzy. and know, oh, that didn't really work that well. And now oh, they kind of, you know, cut some corners here. It was real. It was
0: great. I, I, I can't say how much I loved about this movie. It was really, really good. You know, one of the things that I, you know, that is a detraction for me because, uh, you know, this movie does follow the sports movie zero to hero kind of thing of like, okay, dad doesn't believe in me. Uh, But at the same time, like how many kids got that same lecture from their father of like, come on, you're wasting your life. What are you going to do with your life playing games? Right. And so I think a lot of people probably could relate to that. Um, So yeah, that was a a trope of sports movies and you know, then there's the like, okay, then there's the terrible moment where you lose confidence and you get it back. And like, I know all those things are going to happen. And I know from very early on, this is going to follow that template. But it didn't matter because they did it well. Okay. So, like, with that, with that, that gives you, you know, good writing, directing, editing, all that stuff is like, okay, I know where this movie is going. I'm pretty sure, but I don't mind it being kind of that formula because they executed pretty well. And Steve Marterborough, Jan
2: Marterborough's dad, coming from a different aspect of it, is he was a professional athlete. Yeah. he played professional soccer, football, <laughs> yeah. over 300 appearances playing professional soccer as well. So there's that difference of, man, this is really difficult to achieve. And I know right. they dramatize that for the big screen even more than sure. probably what happened in real life. But it's coming from a different angle of his brother, especially in the film, wants to be a professional soccer player. And Jan wants to be a professional driver from driving a simulator. So very yeah. different aspects, but they dramatize that But too. But Steve's coming from a different background of he knows the hard work it takes to be professional anything when it comes to athletics. Yeah. So the, the that viewpoint, and then he does come around. You have that the difference that comes in, and he comes, he's proud of him and everything, just wants what's best for him, so at least you have that aspect of it too. Again, dramatized for the screen. It's always difficult when you have things that are based on a true story because yeah. you know what's going to happen. Things are going to come out. There's going to be the fact-checked.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> One surprise. I was absolutely stunned. And, you know, it wasn't until after uh, that I I looked it up. I'm like, boy, you know, Jan's mom looks familiar. But who is that actress? Ginger Spice, baby. It's Ginger Spice, Jerry Hollowell. <laughs> and I was like, what? So, I mean, that, that that was just kind of one of those like extra little <laughs> boosts after the movie. Like, Oh, that's even cooler. I didn't know that. So, what you you, you want? I want to be a race car driver, mom. Is that what you really, really want? (laughs) Then you got to get with my friends.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, there was an issue, and this is where I think when I'm looking again at the Rotten Tomatoes aggregate scores, where the audience score for this right now is 91%, critic scores. 58%. 58%. Mm. And I and what I'm seeing from the reviews is people have an issue with the timeline and how true it is to the story. So this becomes very subjective in terms of what you expect out of a movie when it says based on a true story, right? How realistic how do you want to be? How realistic is it? How, how true to real life events and following at least the timeline people understand there's going to be dramatization for the sake of the big screen, right? Because then it would again yep. be a documentary and be a little bit different when it's fully true. One of the things that people need to understand about this, and this necessarily won't affect how most people view the movie or absorb the movie but does affect some people that were present especially family members so spoiler <laughs> because it is based on a true story but when the accident happens when Jan's car lifts and ends up in the audience and it kills a spectator and multiple more are injured the movie portrays as happening before the 24 hour hours of Le Mans in real life that happened two years after he raced in 24 hours of Le Mans. Oh, so really? So they use this as the dramatic losing confidence, wanting to quit the sport. Okay. Into that story of the hero's journey of he needs that reset. Gotta to be have... able to go and have it because of all the detractors, the people don't believe in him, mm-hmm. the, all the other racers out there that are signing these no-confidence things, like simmers and gamers shouldn't be allowed to race, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So for dramatic effect, they replace that. So imagine co- coming from the family, of the loved one that is deceased or the spectators are injured and they reroute the story for that. Again, I understand why you do that for the sake of the movie and you're saying based on a true story, but then you come into the whole thing of what Hollywood has done where they sometimes change the wording of based on a true story or based on real life events Mm -hmm. or dramatized for, for the movie or things. There's so many different, you know, taglines that happen with this. That is a huge flip because they're utilizing a tragic incident to further the hero's journey. And Interesting. It's not necessarily it affects my score a little bit, but I'm looking at it from the movie perspective. But I can understand why people would have a problem because they're redoing the actual true life events of the story and rehashing history for the sake of his story. Because yeah, it wouldn't make sense in the movie perspective to have that incident happen after twenty four hours, because twenty four hours of him racing them. Vamp- Uh, being on the podium and placing third is the the height of the movie that's why it belongs at the end right? Right. even though he's continued on with his racing career but he had to prove himself, the team had to prove themselves to do that what is your take knowing that information now that it was two years after 24 Hours of Le Mans does it change anything about it for you does it change the whole based on a real life story, any of that
0: you know I don't think it really does for me no nope. I, okay. I I understand completely why they did it because it it made for a great movie uh, it is totally unfortunate that it is based on somebody's real tragedy. Um, but I don't think it makes light of the tragedy. Right. Um, they just kind of conveniently moved it around. So
2: conveniently is the word,
0: right word. Yeah. I. I. To me, I, I'm okay with it. I don't think it changes my score. What about you?
1: I'm not going to see a documentary. I'm going to see a movie. Mm-hmm. The movie has to be entertaining. This was the best trajectory for the drama. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm fine with it. And I would say that, by the way, if I was the, I, I well. I believe I would say that if I was the one personally affected by the loss, if it was a parent that got killed or a friend or sure. whatever, I, I still feel I'd be like, okay, like I don't appreciate it, but but I get it. They I get why it they for did the it. Movie, yeah. I mean, again, how many based on true events movies have we seen that have taken complete liberties? Right. Sure. We used to joke all the time. Would it be like uh, you know, based on true events? Like, okay, so there was a guy once. Like that's <laughs> right. all you need. <laughs> okay. right. Like that's, so right. No, I, it doesn't. I didn't know that until you just told me on this episode. Right, right. right? Same here. And look. my score is not affected by that. I don't care. what. The, I don't care where they got the story from. They still gave, gave me an effective movie that had drama, that had heart, that had a character, you know, a, a, a strong hero's arc, it had a redemption story. It, gave, it was a, a rags to riches almost. Like it gave me all of that. And it did it with great performances. I don't care. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. This thing did not happen when they said it did. Okay. That happens in every movie that's based on a true story. No, I have no problem with it. Okay.
0: Gran Turismo, the movie. Let's get some final scores on this. And how about I'll kick us off? Okay. This is Jim. And uh, I didn't think that a movie based on a video game I really was kind of you know <laughs> yeah this is not gonna be good but I'm gonna go put some time in and I'll check it out and uh, while I knew they were manipulating me with the I mean absolute, Prototypical, this is how you do a sports movie. Here's how you get from, you know, somebody, you know, wanting the impossible to, you know, achieving the impossible and how wonderful that is, especially because of a struggle. I knew they were bringing me through this and I didn't care (laughs) because I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought this was done very well. I think this was done uh, with some really good acting. I loved David Harbour. I think he is probably the bigger star uh, than uh, Archie Madaque, who, you know, was the driver. Um, I I just, I really liked it. Orlando Bloom, I thought, you know, what screen time he had, he made the best of it. Uh, I was convinced. Uh, And then knowing that, you know, this whole, you know, event did happen, uh, made it, more believable and more acceptable. I think if they had just made this story up and presented it as this is a Gran Turismo movie and wouldn't this be cool? I don't think it would have mattered as much to me. So uh, even though I know it was a sports formula movie and they got me with all the hooks, they did it well. I'm giving Gran Turismo a seven. All right. Let's go to Justin Bradford.
2: All right, overall, I did enjoy the movie. I was looking forward to it just as someone that appreciates racing, someone that appreciates gaming as well, someone who wishes they had a simulator where they could (laughs) take part in this, whether it's iRacing or Gran Turismo, something Mm -hmm. like that. It would be really awesome to take care of. But what stood out to me the most was the racing element through this, and I enjoyed the aspects of what we saw on the tracks, what we saw from inside the cars, what we saw just in the action sequences that took part in this movie, which actually were a very big part of this. It wasn't like there was a lot of dialogue and everything, then spaced way far in between was the racing action. No, you had plenty of racing action almost from the get go, even if it was Sims. Yeah. You still had racing action. They dove right in and. Almost to the point, it felt rushed at the beginning, but I understand why they had to rush to the whole getting to the academy because there's a whole other story of getting him to qualify for his license uh, to to get to that point. So while it felt almost a little long for me, I understand why some of those aspects are in there. But I appreciate having so much of the racing. There's also the part for me about the villain, Nicholas Kappa, that we'll quote villain. Yeah. Obviously names changed. The people were not real because they didn't want to offend anybody that who, <laughs> <he laughs> Yeah. Right. Jan Marlboro actually races, so a lot of these characters are made up for the sake of the film. Totally get why you would do that. Very stereotypical villain driver in this role, which made me roll my eyes a couple times when they would drive by and he's like, Yeah. Like that <laughs> one. <laughs> he can't hear you. <laughs> flip the bird, at least. Do something In where... In fairness, I, I do
1: that every day on the road. I do it, oh, too. And I do not hear me this. either, Yeah, so, I'm just
2: releasing okay. my, my my negative energy is all I'm doing. That's
0: just real life.
2: But it's real funny <laughs> with some of those things that was the, the eye roll villain again, which that doesn't take anything off for me because I know they had to have some sort of opposite of Jan. So sure. You've you you have like have to have an battle. antagonist. You have to have an antagonist, yeah. and he was that. And it was a very minor role anyways Yeah, because Jan was driving against himself more right. than anything, just to prove to himself and everybody else that he just needed to be there because he didn't have to win. That was the whole thing that I did like about this too is you're not having the hero's journey where they have to win the championship they have to win this similar Friday Night lights, right you're like, if you're not expecting it, you think, oh well they're, they're going to find a way to win. they don't. And right. that's okay. The win for him was you have to place third at 24 hours of Le Mans to be considered you qualified to race. But you also have to finish fourth or higher to get, to get your license. To get, your license. To get So it wasn't about winning. It's just being good enough to prove yourself because yeah. it is really difficult to win a race. You think about it, there's so many drivers of any category or any level of racing that have never won. But do they deserve to be there? Absolutely, they deserve to be. They're still one of the best in the world at what they do.
0: There's just so many variables that can exactly. change the outcome of, of a race. Exactly.
2: So finishing top four, top three, that's still a huge achievement, especially oh, yeah. when you're proving yourself coming from a sim to yep. racing real cars where you're facing those G forces, the heat, all those elements and everything too to make real life or death decisions. All those factors come into play. Again, I enjoy the acting. David Harbour thing think, did a great job. Orlando Bloom, just in playing that role of the marketer and then having to just address, is it the right choice? I knew that was going to come into play, so I did like how they addressed that as well, too. Mm-hmm. The video game aspects of the action sequences, I do like those little things where it popped up the place or popped up the, the driver name. Yeah. And that's stuff that didn't steal away from a scene. It just reminded you, hey, this is based on, on a video game simulation, and, but it didn't overtake any of the scenes either. And it helped
0: you. If Hannah you couldn't you. spot the car yeah. in a quick you know right. quarter of a second uh, edit, you'd immediately know what right. place he's in. Just mm-hmm. like the glow puck, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Let's>... <laughs> and then you also have the not love... bring up the glow puck.
2: And then you have the love interest in there, but it didn't affect the story, it's just this is another little part of it that's not antagonizing him or making him go into depression or having to battle against that. No, is a nice positive aspect of, Oh, he also has a partner in this as well too, that there's already a spark. And now she's able to be a part of the journey, but not take away anything from it. So those yeah. little additions in there, you have the, the, the typical dad doesn't believe mom's just scared, oh, but, mm-hmm. but is proud of her son, da da, da da which is obviously dramatized as well too. But again, like Jim said, I was okay with that because overall, I did enjoy the movie. I like the the take on this. I like the hero's journey. It's a racing movie, and we just don't get that many racing movies. I mean, Talladega Nights, Days of Thunder, Days of Thunder, which <laughs> right. could get a sequel, <laughs> potentially. Um. But but I did think this was this was a, a great film by Archie Madekwe. I really like seeing him. You're getting somebody that also is coming that's young. Again, we haven't heard that name. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. it when we see young actors being able to be at the forefront and be a star in a screen and he also showed great just emotional capabilities of everything that he was going through for sure as well and that's something you're looking for that doesn't feel forced like we see with child actors sometimes that Gover does have an issue with but I feel like emotionally he played the role very very well and he, had, uh, he
0: did film. it in a low key way yes. that, like so you, you didn't have the stereotypical like cockiness or right. other thing. in fact that was part of the marketing problem yeah it wasn't yeah. cocky it wasn't saying the right
2: things like no he you're t- literally taking him from his bedroom and putting him on the screen
0: his first question in
1: the hospital when he woke up was, did anybody else get hurt? Yeah. Yeah. Did anybody die? It's The first question. I yep. It's not, that's not to cut to the chase writing wise. That's because that's his character. His right, character is right. no, no, I'm not cocky. I'm not arrogant. Yes. I'm here to prove myself, Right. but I care about others. Right.
2: Right. right. So I liked it. We got a racing movie. It was a good racing movie, a good sports movie. I give it a 7.5. Very good. Okay. Jeremy Gover, go uh, what did you score? Gran Turismo. I love the
1: Gran Turismo overlay, like we talked about. I love the visual effects of the car, like we talked about how it assembles around him and then it disassembles, and then I just that was really awesome. It's so unfortunate, you guys, that this was actually a two-hour commercial for Sony. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> I understand.
2: Okay, I, and some, and Nissan.
1: Well, I'm getting to that. Okay, some some of it is understandable, right? I mean, okay, it's like a PlayStation, which is a Sony product, was the game console yes. this was on. He played it on that. Makes perfect sense. The stack of Sony, PlayStation, Gran Turismo games. Totally right. fine. Every edition. yeah. In the family and friends lounge at Lamont. Huge PlayStation logos behind him. Yeah. Makes sense. I'm okay with all that. But do we really need a three-second hold when he finds a digital music player that is Sony in the store. Yeah. That I mean, was a three second hold on that, which that, seems like 15 minutes in that, a movie like that That was uh that was noticeable. And then when, when, then when Hopper again, I knew I'd do that when he opens it up, his gift, do we need a three second hold of it in his hand that it's a Sony <laughs> digit? I understand. They're not going to put an iPod on there. I get that. Okay, no I, zoom. I, I, right, I, <laughs> right. I understand that, but three seconds in a movie about speed. No less. Yeah. That is an eternity. Uh, how many points go over? Uh, half. Actually. Oh my
2: God. <laughs> God.
1: Wow, and but but okay. <laughs> I just real it's, it's another half point actually because so it's actually a full point a full point because I found out and this may be totally true okay it may be totally true that he listened to Kenny G, but Kenny G was signed to Arista Records, and who owns Arista Records? <laughs> Holy crap, it's Sony. <laughs>
2: Okay, okay, okay. So could you please take okay. the foil hat off of oh, over? Well, right yeah,
0: I was just gonna say I think it's 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 uh somehow it's it's affecting our recording equipment. You gotta take the tin foil <laughs> hat off. Are we, Sony? are we recording this on Sony? Yeah. So <laughs> there are no Sony products recording this <laughs> except for oh, what are your phones?
1: <laughs> Android Sony Ericsson. Okay <laughs> My point is is that at some point it becomes preachy. We talk all the time on this show, like if you have a if you're you're preaching an agenda. I can agree with your uh, with your agenda, but it comes to, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear, I don't want to be preached at. Yeah. This is another form of that. You, It's a movie created by Sony. Like, they put it out. That's fine. It's about a PlayStation, which is a Sony product. Also totally fine. But at some point, you've got to be conscious of
0: what you're doing and putting out there. They are. That's why they put it. But it's,
1: <laughs> it's, I, no, that's the
0: point. Yeah. This is, so, this is where the, the marketing guy in the studio is like the marketing guy in the movie Yeah, where he, everything is Nissan. Yeah. He gets to, you know, push the people who paid. Right. And, uh, and they,
1: he got his way. We get it. It's a Sony PlayStation product. <laughs> You're giving him a Sony digital, you know, music device. That's fine. You don't need to hold on for three seconds on each. That's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm a casual racing fan and my adrenaline was up. The whole time, it was awesome. Yeah. Okay, I that was really great. Jaimin Hansu gave an Oscar nomination worthy performance in the scene. Maybe not the whole movie, right? Right, but the judgmental dad kind of cookie cutter, you know. Yeah, but in the scene where he's in the, he, he comes to Lamont and he walks in the room. He's getting ready with his Sony kenny g and or whatever it was and he comes in and they're crying and they're talking back and forth and even though it was cookie cutter arc the scene was incredible well played out so much tension and emotion and relieving of that emotion and they're both crying they're embracing he's like i'm so proud of you but the key here is the writing was so good i don't care if he really said i'm proud of you or if he didn't say that but on screen when he says I'm sorry I didn't support you in the way you needed to be supported. That's huge. Is so big because he could have just said, I'm proud of all you've become. Or right. congratulations on going out and getting just wrestling that bull and getting what you want. He could have said any of that. He could have even said, I didn't I, I didn't support you, which is not accurate. He did support him. Right. But he said I'm sorry I didn't support you in the way you needed to be supported, which is which cuts like a knife, and is so relatable to it's the audience. So more real, mm-hmm. so great, and it's so perfectly said. Then the writing pulls the rug out from that scene completely, and ruins the whole damn scene. When he says, when the, when um, uh, the driver says, "I'm proud of you," for what? <laughs> <laughs> because there's a logo on his helmet that he says, hey, I remember you. That. For, for what? You, there was never any dialogue with you were trying to raise us the best you could. Or you had two sons who wanted to play different sports. Or, you know, uh, you, you, you still let me play video games even though I wanted
0: to and you didn't agree.
1: There's no. For, what are you proud of him for? What um, are you proud of your
2: dad for? Thank
0: you for going full Gover nitpicky on that. So stupid. I love this. Like, so Gover,
2: stupid. Gover had me and so they like, stupid backhanded me across the face with that
1: and that's what that scene did to me okay they had me invested ready to go this is awesome and then they pulled out that garbage I'm proud of you too for what? Thanks for showing up. Thanks for being here. We've already seen him as the audience watching on TV, supporting him. We've already we've already seen him as an audience, letting him go to this camp to begin with to earn the right.
0: We've already seen all that. Maybe he. What is he so proud of? He was proud that Dad landed a former Spice Girl. Right.
2: We've already seen that.
0: You know. You know.
2: It just wouldn't be. A podcast without Gover going full Gover. So stupid. And he just did that. So if you had that on your bingo board, you get get that space
1: right there. It was late in the show. It was completely unnecessary and stupid. You're
2: unnecessary.
1: (laughs) I was was almost replaced on this show. Can we talk about Ginger Spice, as Jim brought up? She was great. That reaction to the crash was really good. I mean, I bought every second of that. Felt like a mob. Yeah, so great. Yep. Uh, this is one of the best movies of 223 so far, despite that horrible writing scene at the end. <laughs> I give Gran Turismo an 8.0.
2: Holy crap! I didn't
0: think he'd wow. be higher than me.
2: Yeah, it
0: doesn't he, he awesome
1: even habit.
2: govered and still gave it a higher score than me? Yeah, it pissed me off. <laughs>
1: I am a writer, not a screenwriter, but I'm a writer. I've decided this, you by are. the way, my, my level of writing my, like my level like, you wouldn't call me elite. I wouldn't think you wouldn't call me bad. I think my writing is my writing level is worth your time. It is professional. Worth your time. That's it what I think my level is. Worth the time. Is. Absolutely. If I can then look at a movie script, it doesn't matter if it's this one or, you know, whatever. And I think I can do a better job than you. That's a problem. I may be worth your time, but I'm not a professional screenwriter. I'm not a professional writer. I don't do this for a living, right? But I have enough talent to where I'm like, okay, I can kind of fake it till I make it, you know, and make it impactful. Some are great, some are okay. But overall, it's worth your time. That's my level. You are a professional screenwriter or a screenwriting team. They're a team. It was three people. Yeah, right. So, okay. So, do, do your research. So first. if I can do that, I did, Kenny G, Sony. So if I can do <laughs> better than you can, right? That's a problem. I'm just an audience goer. You're, you're, saying you can, of
2: you can say, you're saying you can do better than them because
1: of one line. I'm saying you should not be putting garbage in your otherwise good script. Yes,
0: that's you are, what I'm saying. You
2: are really diving <laughs> in, dude. It's
0: time to ask the big question on the Untitled Film Project podcast.
2: All right. So this question is relative to sports. What major sports event... Would you like to experience and witness? So this is not just like, oh, I want to go to the All Star Game or something like this. I need major something that's going to be difficult to get into, a potential once in a lifetime experience for you that's maybe difficult to travel to, or expensive tickets or something like that. So what's a bucket list sporting event that you would want to experience? Ooh,
0: that's very tough. And you guys have uh, you know sports reporting experience, so you guys have probably done the bucket list kind of thing we've done the Stanley Cup final together yeah together in, in Pittsburgh uh, and, and well at home, and of in, course and in Nashville yeah but
1: yeah yeah we did yep uh, I've been to the Super Bowl I've covered a Super Bowl
2: Yeah, wow. see that one up that that's where he beats me yeah it's right hard, hard to beat. we've that's done an all-star weekend all-star weekend done multiple NHL drafts mm-hmm. uh, I've experienced the the Detroit Red Wings versus Toronto Maple Leafs Winter Classic at the Big House at University Oh, yes, of Michigan. that's right. Yep. So that yeah, was good. Those are big. As yeah, well so. as games at Comerica Park, hockey games at Comerica
1: Park. So, yeah, I mean, I've got a little bit of a resume from a professional standpoint, but as far as, like, being a fan, like, going to, yeah, I think I'd have to. And I've been to an Olympic hockey game before. It was Sweden versus Czech Republic. But in 2002 in Salt Lake City. I was there, too.
0: I might have been in this... What? Uh, no way. No, no. No, no I, no. I was there. I didn't see that game. Oh. oh I was like, okay. holy crap. I mean, but I mean we might have missed each other by a couple That's hours. Pretty crazy oh if we passed each other
1: on the street or if you dropped something and I picked it up for you or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope I never work with him. Oh <laughs> God. He's <a> wow. <laughs> Uh so so I've been so I've been to a hockey game before, an Olympic hockey game before, but I'd have to say probably you know what? I was going to go hockey, space, but I'm actually going to change that. I'm going to say a
0: World Cup, go- like gold medal yeah, like championship, yeah. oh, World Cup. I, I think that would be okay. tremendous. Almost just, no matter what. Country I got to just in. jump in. That was my pick. So let's do this together. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I,
1: I'd go with you. That'd be, that'd be great. Yes. I'd love that. Yeah,
0: because that, w- that would be my pick. And, and I don't think I, I would have several years ago, uh, but, uh, you know, I've been following professional soccer uh, more over the last few years, uh, you know, mostly on the MLS, but also in the Premier League. And, and so I've, I've gotten, I, it, I understand it. Yeah. Like I get the fever. I understand, you know, the, the, the hype is not hype. It's just, it's pretty amazing. And having just recently been to uh, a Leagues Cup game in the MLS, uh, just within the last couple of weeks, uh, I have felt that electricity and that crowd and seeing the moments, you know, as watching them play out with my eyes and feeling it all around me, I think the a World Cup, you know, championship game would be outstanding. Well,
1: clearly, if we can pick and choose, I don't want the Americans to be involved in that game. But sure. That it, they got some work to do. Oh, right. But, yeah. but <laughs> even beyond but, that, it transcends that. Yes, I just want to be right. there. It's an event. Yeah, just a piece. Of, okay, it's Spain and Argentina or whatever. Sure. You know, what a pick your powerhouses, right. right? It would still be electric. It sure yes. would. And in, and just incredible to be.
2: No matter where it's at.
1: I, yeah, no matter where it's at. And I would also say it probably helps that you don't have a dog in that hunt, actually.
2: You just could do so could because it. Because
1: you just get to cheer every goal and save and everything. is. To, there's no invested interest. It's just like, okay. Every amazing thing you get to celebrate. Spain and Argentina, just show me right. the peak of the sport. And, yeah. then, and it would do that. So,
0: World Cup Finals, mine. My only caveat would be, uh, you know, it would have to be like a no-vuvuzela World Cup final, eighty six vuvuzelas on the way in.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just they confiscated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm saying pat everybody down. There's no vuvizels okay. in that fantasy scenario. All right. So, uh, thankfully, this is not uh, your answer to the question, is Justin not, no. Bradford. Uh, well, it would be
2: pretty awesome to experience. Uh, there's some things that, that I could think of. It would be cool to experience a Super Bowl could, because I haven't, and I'm so glad you got to experience yeah. Super Bowl the way you got to experience it. Yeah, it was it. for the over. halftime I mean, show. Holy oh, moly. my God.
1: Dr. Say? Dre, Eminem, Snoop, yeah, like, Kendrick.
2: Halftime show. It's gonna be was, tough to top that. That yeah, was a great one. It is. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it'd also be obviously really cool to see like a Stanley Cup final game seven, yeah. uh, a, an Olympic hockey match for gold medal, or what I'd love to be at is a swimming or track and field gold medal uh, match as well. Those would be also awesome, like the atmosphere for mm-hmm. for Olympics and everything sure. too. Uh, Indy five hundred is up there for me, but I feel like that's more attainable. That I could get to and actually go to that without taking much. I can make that happen. So that's why I'm going with the Monaco Grand Prix. Oh, that would be amazing. That is a solid choice. Not easy to get to extremely expensive Mm -hmm. I mean just you think to get to Monaco and then stay anywhere in or near Monaco would be out the ass of dollars (laughs) you'd have to be Tony Stark level yes right so I'm thinking like bucket list of what it'd be like to actually experience that event that'd be awesome that is not easy to achieve or get to I can't be like yeah you
0: know what we're gonna go
2: to Monaco next year we're
1: gonna save up for a couple months and we're gonna go to Monaco
0: I'm gonna gonna see this amazing event that's impossible to get you know into and I'm gonna see it in one of the most Beautiful parts of the world, yeah. So we can get an Airbnb so around right?
2: totally, totally Airbnb, you know, for
0: two thousand five hundred dollars an, an hour, hour. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: We were on the same page. <laughs> <right there>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so though that is mine you know f1 obviously biggest racing in the world as well too so just the, the who's who would also be there like that's that kind of event that the who's who not just racing but of celebrity worldwide celebrities and everything sure because so they're the only ex- ones that can, can afford, afford it. it exactly exactly so yeah. to be able to mix and yep. mingle would be kind of cool for me uh to be able to be there for that so monaco grand prix all right. Excellent answer.
0: Those are our uh, bucket list events. If you know we could just magically snap our fingers and make happen, we'd love to do that. What is the thing that you would just do anything to get to and see? Let us know. Hit us up on social media.
2: And you can do that. Untitled Film Project Pod. Follow all of our social media accounts. TikTok,
0: Instagram,
2: Facebook, Twitter. 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 Hit us up. Let us know.
0: (laughs) We're sticking to that. (laughs) It's a line in the sand. Thank you for joining us in the Untitled Film Project podcast. We love hearing from you. Uh, This has been me, Jim Chandler, along with Jeremy K. Cover and Justin Bradford. Have a great day.
2: Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett.